Welcome back to On the Wild, episode number 19. I'm a news basket, Riley Keenan, as always. We know why we're here, so I'm just going to let you go, let yeah. you rant. If uh, if you know me, you know I'm a Leafs fan. And if you've <laughs> talked to me within the last couple days, you know that I'm absolutely embarrassed. The Leafs blew a 3-1 series to their arch rival, possibly the biggest rivalry in sports. Right, It's probably right up there with Yankees, Yankees Red, Red Sox. Yankees, Red Sox, yeah. It's like... I'm at a loss for words, and I've thought about it a lot the last couple days, so I want to preface this. One, no disrespect at all to Montreal. You guys battled. Yeah. Carey Price stole the series. We said this when Sam was on the show. Mm-hmm. Carey Price, if he plays and he's healthy, he's going to steal the series. And if Brandon Gallagher's playing, his aggressiveness is going to come to the forefront. And he ended up being the one to score the first goal of the game. Also, that first goal was a bad goal. But let's not blame Jack Campbell. <laughs> Jack Campbell was the reason the Leafs were even in the game. The Leafs actually played well that game. They on they, they didn't dominate, but they they were the the better team. But they couldn't put the puck in the net. So to blame Jack Campbell. Quick question: How old is he? I think he's twenty eight, twenty nine, maybe. What? He's younger than. Oh, maybe he might even be younger. He's he's under thirty for sure. Okay. He'll be the Leafs' starting goalie for for the Three next years. couple of years. Because I don't see them re-signing Anderson. I don't like. He's got a five million dollar contract. You need that cap space. So so for me, blaming Campbell is is out of the picture. Because if you can't score, you can't win. So if you score one goal and you score it in the last minute, you, like how do you expect to win the game? Campbell played great. He had a 934 save percentage and a 181 goals against average in that series. He was great. If you have Campbell in, in that performance in any of the Boston series you've had, you're winning those series. No, no problem. Last year, Freddie played well. So that Columbus series was just, a, once again, another blunder by the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Marner, Matthews, you should be disappointed in yourselves. Like I... I boost you guys all the time, but you didn't show up in game seven. You didn't show up any game after game two. Marner, you're, you're picking and your, your patience is some of the best in the league, but sometimes you're overly patient. And you don't shoot the puck and I don't understand it. And then the other Leafs, you got impatience all the time. <laughs> you're constantly just throwing the puck away. You have no ability to kind of read the play. And, and a lot of us Leafs fans, we've tried to talk about like, where do we go from here? And I really don't know because so many people are saying, oh, trade Marner for an elite defenseman. It's not that easy because isn't his contract like super big? Yeah, he's got an $11 million contract. And the people are saying trade him for an elite defenseman. What does that do for you? Because defense wasn't your problem. Your problem was putting the puck in the net. And now you're getting rid of a guy who was a top five scorer mm-hmm. in the league this year. Obviously, he hasn't shown up in the playoffs. He hasn't scored a goal in the playoffs in over two and a half years. Yeah, that was surprising to me because I saw a lot of people like trashing on social media saying, like, oh, trade him to... New Jersey, yeah, all the like any bad team, and then I asked you, I was like, is this is, was this like a one year thing or is this like a trend? Like he just doesn't yeah. play well in the playoffs, but it's, he it's, obviously hasn't. So it's yeah, it's been a trend. The criticism is definitely deserved. Yeah, and he's had boneheaded play. Like he had, I think he's had the same amount of playoff goals as he has penalties or or a shot over the uh, the glass penalties, delay of game. But the, the the problem with this Leafs team, obviously, you look at the top and guys not being productive, and we know the contract situation. The Tavares contract. Listen, I I'm so sorry to like rag on Tavares because he went through hell in that series, going mm-hmm. through that injury. I don't yeah. even he doesn't even remember it like really happening. But that 11 million dollar contract put them into a downfall right away because Matthews deserves more than Tavares, and Marner sure as hell deserves more than Tavares. Even though Tavares does so much for you, and not having him in that series sucked. That's not the reason why they lost. So to say, oh, we didn't have Tavares, that's why we lost. Come on. You guys think, were up 3-1. Do you think that if he was there, maybe in game five and overtime, they win that? I think if Tavares was there, it would have been a much different series. But I don't 
think it's fair to say because he wasn't there, we lost. Okay. Because th- there were at the end of the day, they were up 3-1. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you're the best team in that division. You got good goaltending, good defense work. You can't put the puck in the net. The Leafs need to stop signing small, talentless players. Like the, the, the Kerfoots, the Mikhaevs, the Engvalls. These guys work their asses off. But they, have, they don't really have talent, and they don't have hockey IQ. They don't know what play to make. Kerfoot was battling all game seven. He had two chances on two-on-one where he couldn't get the pass through. It's like, come on, man. you got to get through. And Zach Hyman, debatably the hardest working player in the league. You can't be playing on the first line in that game. After two games of losing and going to a game seven, you need to switch it up. And the coaching showed that it's unadaptable. They waited till there was five minutes left in the game to make a change in the lines. You're down 2 nothing. You waited until five minutes left to say, you know what, let's move Nylander up, who was the best offensive player for the Leafs in the series. That's the most important thing for coaches, in my opinion, especially in the playoffs, is being able to adapt and change what you're doing yeah. according to what your opponent's doing. Yeah. You see and, it all the time in every other sport. Yeah, and, and, and what also didn't make sense to me is you bring in Wayne Simmons and you trade a first-round pick for Nick Felino, who granted was... A little hurt in the series. He missed a couple games. But once it's game seven, it's go time. Mm-hmm. And he knew that. You had him playing on the fourth line, and you had Engvall playing on the second line. You, you, and Simmons was playing on the fourth line pretty much the whole first round, and he was playing it pretty much the whole year as well. You don't have the physical presence because they're playing on the fourth line. They're playing 10 to 12 minutes a game. You're not getting physical. Montreal outplayed them physically at every end. Mm-hmm. And then like the last thing I want to say is we, the veteran presence nonsense has to stop. Joe Thornton's 41 years old. He, what does he bring to the lineup? Like, I love the guy. He's great. I know the players love him, and it's kind of like the Marlowe situation. But he didn't bring anything to the table. And to have him on the first-line power play, the guy doesn't – he's not fast. He doesn't really produce that much. Wayne Simmons I'd rather have standing in front of that. He was successful at the beginning of the year. And then you got Jason Spezza, who was a real veteran presence, was able to put the puck in the net, mm-hmm. and you have him centering the fourth line. It just doesn't make sense. And to me – I don't think trading Marner is the is the way. I don't think trading any of the big four is the way. I think you can, and you can get a good deal out of it. Who's the big four? Marner, Mar- Matthews, Riley? Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander. And oh. then for like the big four offensively, but Riley's like a part of it. Okay. Me, I'd trade Riley. I think he hasn't lived up to what he was playing like two years ago. He's overrated, in my opinion, especially defensively, but offensively, he just hasn't been there in the last couple of years. I think he's expendable because Brody, Muzzin, these guys like are solid defensively. They're going to be mm-hmm. good haul. And Sandin will be good for a long time. He'll figure it out. But to me, just some of the decision-making doesn't make sense. I think it's time for a change. I think, listen, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Dorsey did a great job building the Browns. but they That's had to- a very good example because Dorsey, came, um, when he, what he did with the Browns is they, he made them top-loaded as hell. Yeah. And then... Andrew Barry came in and built out the rest of the exactly. roster. He filled every need they had. Yeah. That's right now for me, I think it's time to fire Keith. He's unadaptable and it's time to fire Dubas. How long has Dubas been there? Oh man, I think maybe five years, I want to say. I'm not sure exactly. I'm not one of those Dubas haters. I think he's made some mistakes with contracts and with trades, but I think he's done a good job, but I think it's time to switch it up. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously done a good job of getting good players they obviously have talent yeah it's just about from my view like depth yeah depth has been they're very top heavy yeah depth has been the problem and you need to bring in guys that are physical that are big we can't be signing these small guys anymore you need to take some chances in free agency not spending a lot of money don't necessarily go for a taylor hall but if he's there 
and you can get him at a good price, go for it. Because to be fair, they really well, haven't had a left winger that can really get it done. He'd probably command a lot of money, though, and they don't have a lot. He would. I think that's where the Riley trade would help. And if you do trade Marner, then you got a lot more money, too. But I just think this team needs a complete change in terms of, of management well, and how you run the team. Also, if you trade somebody who's making $11 million, you're going to have to take some salary back. Yeah. I don't think a lot of teams will be able to take on that much, especially with the NHL salary cap because it's not as big as yeah. other sports. And it, I think it's going to go up the season after next season because of the TV rights deals yeah. and stuff like that, which is going to help Toronto a lot. But to me as well, as, as like trading Marner could be a good idea. You can get a good return for it. But what I think up in the back of my head is what Ma- what is Matthews thinking? Because he's the guy. He's the guy you're not going to trade. At the end of the he's day, the untouchable. Yeah, he's, he's Rocket Richard winner. Yeah, he's already lost Marlowe, who was a really good friend of his. He's going to lose Freddie, who is one of his best friends. And if you lose Marner, that's going to take a toll on him. Just like I'm losing all my best friends on this team, and we can't get it done either. Does he eventually want to leave? And obviously, that's a ways down the road. But it's something you have to keep in mind. For me, if you keep the Leafs, the core they have. I think it's time for Marner to not play with Matthews. I think you put Nylander with Matthews because the two worked well together no matter what. They played together in their rookie seasons. Matthews put up 40 goals. He was second league in goals. He's going to be able to put the puck in the net no matter what. Maybe not in the playoffs, but in the regular season. And then I think you put Tavares with Marner because Tavares had his best season ever in the NHL. He put up 44 goals, I think, 88 points, and he had Mitch Marner on his right side. Yeah. No matter what, Marner's going to be able to set people up, and Matthews is going to be able to put the puck in the net. So I think it's figuring out the best way to... To, to optimize your scoring. And then Hyman, I'd maybe put in the second line if you can re-sign Felino or Simmons, which is going to be so tough because if I'm then, I don't want to go back because you're not making a ton of money and you're playing on the fourth line, third line. Yeah. So well, Sim- Simmons is from Ontario. He's from Toronto. Yeah, I don't know if he's from... I think he's from Scarborough maybe, but... Yeah, maybe. So he's around the area. I think he'll re-sign, but I think he needs to demand the like you know a bit of respect and mm-hmm. playing up because he has a lot of skill he's an aggressive player but he's a skillful player when you see him on the power play he can make things happen another thing i think they should do is like talk to matthews and be like what do you want yeah like what what do you think we could do to make this team better and i don't understand that logic of like oh you're the player you shouldn't be involved in any decisions yeah the superstar should be because they're the ones who you're building the team around exactly and so they should be involved in the decisions not saying that they should make the decisions but they should be in that room yeah they should be in the meetings like mcdavid right now should be in the room with management yeah and saying like because if if they don't figure it out he's going to be gone and he Mm -hmm. deserves to leave in my opinion like it's ridiculous that it's kind of like cleveland with with lebron his first stint there they did nothing for him to help i always bring this trade up they didn't trade for amari stoudemire in 2009 but because they didn't want to trade jj hickson (laughs) which is like in retrospect are you kidding me yeah you could still find the article like of, um, I think Chris Busa reported it, but yeah, they just didn't do enough to surround him with the right talent. And that's why he took over such a big, like owner, not ownership, but like he was part of the decisions in his second stint. Cause he yeah. was like, I'm not going to let you do this yeah, again. Exactly. And rightfully so he deserved it. And I think the same thing goes for McDavid. And I like the idea with Matthews. Mm-hmm. I think Tavares should be in the room too, but I think just everyone needs to take it a step up. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to play more aggressive. Like Matthews, what he didn't I don't think he had a bad series. He just wasn't able to be productive offensively. He was one of the biggest hitters on the lease, which we've never seen before. He's always been a good defensive player. His stick works crazy. He just couldn't put the puck in the net. And and Marner, at the end of the day, he just couldn't really get anything going. And that's maybe your biggest concern. And there's a lot of time to think about what we're gonna do here, but 
it's tough and it's just it's unacceptable to happen five years in a row like with Washington was understandable your young guys Boston the first two series is I whatever you know tough Mm -hmm. goaltending defense wasn't great the guys are still young but Columbus and Montreal now this is just it's embarrassing it really is yeah yeah I mean couldn't say it better myself yeah I mean I couldn't say anything like (laughs) yeah but looking at basketball now though yeah. What did you think of Trey Young and the Hawks? I know we've ragged on him a bit. Yeah. Literally, like, multiple, multiple times. times. Multiple episodes we've talked about uh, Trey Young's lack of effort on defense. Yeah. How he's kind of annoying, which he is. He is a bit annoying. And but just the way he, like, draws fouls, it's kind of like, yeah, it's not really basketball. And he complains a lot, too. But, but he has gained a lot of my respect in, this, in in the series against the Knicks. I love what he's been doing because oh, yeah. he, he's the best player in that series and he's acting like it yeah. and the way the crowd the New York crowd is attacking which I love like I love yeah. the intensity of the crowd mm-hmm. and he's just playing with them. I love it. But like dude, taking a bow after also, the Also side note crowds need to chill. There's yeah. been like five things over like the past 2 weeks of just like fans just yeah like the the Westbrook popcorn the Kyrie water Kyrie, bottle um a New York fan spitting on Trey Young. Yeah, like it's getting a little out of hand. Yeah, spitting is just that's just mad that's disrespectful. The, that's the, that's the most disrespectful thing yeah. you could do, to especially somebody. in COVID too. Like that's even yeah, like down. the pandemic's not over, bro. Yeah, like exactly. Like the the Westbrook one, I was a bit like, it's popcorn, dude. But I yeah. I do get it. Like he's had a lot of that stuff before. Like in Utah, he had a big problem. Mm-hmm. So I get it. There's multiple in Utah. Yeah, and there, I mean, I, I think and there, there was just... another one in Philly. Remember when the the fan flipped him off? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's just like people need to chill out and realize like you're a spectator and you're like you're paying to watch these guys go to work. And you're these not... players are human. Yeah. They're not they're regular people at the end of the day. Yeah. Just unbelievable at basketball. So treat them with some respect. Yeah. Cuz you're there to watch them play like grow up, like yeah. just grow up. Exactly. I, but going back to Trey Young. Yeah. Um just the way he played the crowd as well. Yeah, you it was know, awesome. Like the three he hit um in game five, and then he took a bow. Took a bow. Like, just, was, just small stuff like that. It was amazing. He played the crowd really well. He gained a lot of respect, and he, he played really well. Yeah, he took a huge step up, and he really did, like, establish himself, like, hey, I'm going to be here for a long time. Yeah. I'm going to be able to, like, be a star in this game. The Knicks disappointed love. me, though. The Knicks did disappoint me, but a lot of the people talking about how this was a disappointing season and <laughs> how it ended, not at all. The, first of all, what were your expectations, really? Like twenty wins. Yeah, like for you, me. maybe twenty thirty. Like obviously they're the four seed and they're the, you know, the favorite to win that game. Technically, I took the Hawks. I thought the Hawks were going to win because they have. Did you all take the, the Hawks? I did. I thought you took the Knicks. I think I took the Hawks. I hope I took the Hawks because they have like just so much more depth. They did have I, the best I, player. I, in the I remember series. I took I took the Knicks in six, but like I wouldn't have been surprised if the Hawks yeah. won. I'm pretty sure I said that. Like, hope I said that. I don't think there's any shade at the Knicks. I think they're going to be a good team for a long time. I do, like, Derrick Rose coming back and playing, like, his, not his normal self, but, you know, coming close to it. It was mm-hmm. really awesome to see. Barrett, you know, he didn't, offensively, he wasn't really there, but defensively, he's shown that he can be yeah. a, a great perennial defender. And, and Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Disappointed. Big time disappointment. His stats were pretty much, like, I think he was averaging, like, 32 against Atlanta in the regular season. He averaged, like, s- like 17 or 18 in the playoffs. Yeah. Terrible efficiency. Yeah. He was really predictable, too. He only mm-hmm. ever went left. He never, like, in the in the regular season, like, he was hitting turnaround jumpers and his yeah. mid-range game was crazy. He really wasn't sticking to what he knows best. And I kind of relate him a bit to Siakam in last year's playoffs. He was very predictable with the spin move. 
And I just don't think that, like Siakam can't be that number one option on the Raptors. He kind of needed someone else. I don't think Randall could be the number one I option. I got a lot of hate from a lot of people when Kawhi left, when I was like, Siakam's not a number one. Yeah, like, but it's true. It, he's, he needs uh, he needs to be the second option. Yeah, he can't have all the attention beyond him because then it, it just becomes overwhelming. And he really he's he's become a lot better of an ISO player. His dribbling mm-hmm. has improved. Yeah, yeah. But he still can't be the guy to you know work his way around someone and create mm-hmm. his own shot. And I think that's kind of the same with Randall. He needs someone else there. He just can't be that number he one option. He can't be the number one option. Yeah. Maybe R.J. Barrett develops into that. Yeah. I think R.J. Barrett's going to be a really good player, but I still think, like, obviously it's New York. They're going to be a free agent destination place, especially now yeah. with the success. Yeah, definitely. And the system that Thibodeau's established. So I don't even know who's, like, who's a free agent in the next couple of years. A lot of people are talking about... Because, listen, Dame... Dan, dude, Dan. that that game he um he played game against, five a game five against Denver, maybe the best like shooting performance I've ever seen in the yeah. playoffs. Like, just you couldn't stop the guy. The, he hits the one to to keep it going to go send it to second over or to the overtime, first overtime, and then he sends it second, second overtime. And it was a three sixty step back. Like, are you kidding? Did me? you see the one that he missed in second in double overtime? You saw Austin River be like, Yeah, Thank God, literally, yeah, <laughs> finally <laughs> missed. I just I felt so bad for him because he 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 put his heart on the line and, and his teammate like they just were not shooting well. If he got anything from anybody, if CJ McCollum Did, stepped up just a little yeah, bit, yeah, he was like they two for eleven. I yeah. think like if he got any help at all, they would have won that game. Yeah, and seeing him in the press conference after, it looked like he just cried. Yeah, like he looked just, he looked very emotional. It, it's kind of like Beal like at the beginning of the season. Yeah. He just just looked so defeated all the time. But yeah, like I think I mean, first of all, in that series, I think the Nuggets. Mo- I think the Portland's going to take it to another game, game seven. I think it's going to go game seven. I picked I picked Portland in seven, so I'll stick with that. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think I had Nuggets in seven. I know I, I took I the Nuggets. Think, I think you in yeah, seven. You yeah, did. like that's been possibly the best series in my opinion, just because it's been so Probably. back and forth. And that the game besides the one All Portland the series have been so weird. Like, yeah, like the Lakers and Suns has been like really weird because of the injuries. Like is Chris Paul hurt again? AD's hurt yeah. again. If if I'm AD and if you're 70, 60, 50% healthy, I think you have to play. I think you, you just play. have to. Because We're obviously recording this on Thursday, on so Thursday. game six is tonight. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe the Lakers are out by yeah. the time this is up. But yeah, if he's, a, if he's somewhat healthy, I say you play. But at the same time, you don't want to like risk it yeah. that hard. It's a, it's a tough situation, but like... I mean, if if you do end up getting hurt, you'll probably miss a bit of next season. It wouldn't be that too big of a deal. Because I, I did read that LeBron told him to not rush. Because this is very similar to what LeBron had a couple years ago. Remember yeah. When he, I think he tore his groin. Yeah. Like, this is just a strain. Yeah, it's not I mean, as bad, but yeah. it's still, you got to be precautionary. To, especially for what he does, everything revolves around the groin. Yeah. All movements, so you have to be cautious, but who knows. But going back to New York and superstars, I did see that they... Like a Damian Lillard rumor, like if he yeah. was available, they there was go a, hard at him. I saw a Dame rumor and I saw a Beal rumor as well. But Beale? I also Beale I don't cool. like Beal would be a great number one option, but I still don't think that team can can go can, can go too deep. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're pretty young, and like Barrett's coming up, he'll be like a third option. But I just I still can't see Beal being the guy to take him all the way because even mm-hmm. on the Wizards, like the Wizards have a good team. Obviously, they played the 76ers. I wouldn't say they have a good Not team. Not good, but it's like the the guys are above average. Like, What about Russ? 
Listen, man, like... I feel like Rust to New York has been, like, a thing for so it's long. It's been a thing, but I just... To me, like, I don't understand that move. It would be great for marketing. It'd be great yeah. for the fans. He fits in so well. Yeah, but it just... I don't think it, it makes your team really all that better. Spike Lee literally looks like an older him. Yeah, like, Russ Westbrook, you can put up a triple-double every game, and you're going to blow my mind every time you do it. But I'll still take 20 players before I take Bro, you his, to win me a game. His stat lines are so funny. I saw the other day, in game four, the one that they won... Um, he had like, I forget how many points he had, but he had 21 rebounds and 14 assists, but he was shooting three for 19. Yeah. And his, his perimeter shooting is so bad, and he just keeps doing it too. It's like, just go to the net. Just drive yeah. the net or kick it out. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like he's at that age now where he's lost a little bit of a, a athleticism, especially with his, his injury history. Yeah. So he kind of has to, but true. yeah, he's, he's a struggle from the perimeter. But he's still like, I feel like he gets a bad rep for being a bad teammate, but when you talk to people who's played with him, yeah, they all they all say great things about him. Like yeah. no one says anything bad about him. True. Speaking of teammates, the Lakers and the Clippers. The, so many people talked about how their team, both teams, got better this year, and they have way more depth. They have nothing. <laughs> like, first of all, Kawhi and Paul George have not stepped up their game. Like in Kawhi, both years. Yeah, Kawhi's. I think he's averaging like thirty points. Which is better than he did in the regular season, but he mm-hmm. hasn't elevated his play at all. His defense hasn't and shined. Look how he played in Game Five. He he was part of the reason they lost. Probably yeah. the main reason they lost. Yeah, airballed the three at the end. Rondo was like super mad about it. Yeah, um, but he turned over the he turned the ball over. I think a couple times down the stretch, he just didn't play well. Rondo t- turned it over as well, and Paul George just didn't have the ball. Yeah, like late in the game. So I don't know. I think once again, like I think they can push it to a game seven, but I just think Doncic has just been—he's been the best player in the series, no By doubt. Far. And like Porzingis has been the biggest disappointment <laughs> in playoff basketball right Bro, you're now. You're seven three, get yeah. inside, and he just like he—he's never gone back to that Knicks form of just being a dominant player, mm-hmm. and he just doesn't seem all that confident in himself. So Doncic just taking a lot of the load, but I mean he's—he he's did hit, like, he did hit a huge shot though, the like yeah. three put them up 10 yeah but Doncic is just proving like like this is going to be my league for for years to come once once braun's gone and stuff like that and speaking of braun man like i get he's had a lot of injury troubles but in a must-win game like tonight he has to be aggressive he can't he will be like it's understandable if like he's being like cautious about you know wanting not to hurt himself when he's getting in the paint and at the same time, the Suns have done a great job they're of build, clogging the paint. They're building a wall and making the others hit shots. Yeah, but when the which, others aren't hitting shots, then exactly the the, really do the Suns defenders have absolutely no respect for the Lakers shooting, and rightfully, rightfully so, so. They're yeah. shooting thirty percent. Exactly, they're shooting horribly. And LeBron is even like I think like forty percent of his shots have been three pointers. Yeah, it's like that's not your game. It never mm-hmm. really has been. But you could tell he's not like he's not 100%. all because yeah. if you watch him before the injury and just like. How he would like kind of his burst. He yeah. doesn't have his burst. He doesn't. But at the same time, like he he's not as aggressive, and I, it's understandable. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like in a must-win game, he can't be passive. He can't. Oh no, he, he can't be I passing think, up shots. I think he'll. He's not going to be the problem. It's going to be everybody else. Can they hit their shots somewhat consistently? Yeah, they like, don't have to hit twenty threes, but if they can like maybe shoot thirty-seven or thirty-eight percent yeah. instead of twenty-four. What did I just say? Twenty four percent. Twenty four, yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that Schroeder's been abysmal, and that oh my god, Harold Harold's been okay, but he hasn't been getting playing time. Harold just doesn't play. Yeah, I don't understand that because he plays with high energy. Yeah, and that's, that's like what they need. People are talking about like, oh, Drummond hasn't been all that great. It's like Drummond's never really been a guy to get it done to you know put up a twenty, 
I don't I think Drummond has I don't think Drummond has been that bad. He haven't he hasn't been like great, yeah. but he hasn't been bad. Yeah, like, like he hasn't been bad, but he just hasn't elevated the Lakers. He somehow gets blamed for everything. Like AD will have a bad game and all of a sudden it's Drummond's fault. Yeah. But when AD drops 42, it's there's no problem. What I will say is though, like I hate to say it, and I know you, you you're a big LeBron guy, but I did not like when he walked out. Oh no, of yeah, the game she shouldn't have. It's just like he seems so much like a guy that's a huge leader and a huge advocate for respect and stuff like that, and to walk off the court. And it's not the first time he's done it either. Like yeah. he's done it multiple. He did times. it last year. I think he did it against Miami. Yeah, in the bubble. But it's just it's just a bad look. Yeah, it really like, is. Rather, like the uh, Frank Vogel, their coach, said he was just going to get his treatment. But like, but it's like, yeah. There's five minutes left. Just stay on the bench. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a bad look. Like whether, like I'm not, I'm sure it won't affect like the team chemistry or something. I've seen that. Like, yeah. People say that like, oh, he's ruining their chemistry. No. Like, no. That doesn't affect what any of them do. Yeah. He was just getting his treatment, but at the same time, it's just a bad look. You know yeah. how it's going to be taken. He's been in the league long enough. He he knows better. Yeah. Do you think that LeBron needs to guard D book? Late in the game, yeah. Because yeah, I think I think it'll be a close game. Um, I hope. Like it, everything we're saying is true. Like it's gonna be a close game. Like, I really hope. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a blowout and we just don't look like yeah. We'll idiots. look like idiots on Saturday. <laughs> like I could very well see it be a blowout for either team because I think the no, Lakers I'd, are gonna come in with a Lakers chip on their are shoulder. Not gonna blow them out. No. But like the, the Chris Paul has not been playing Chris Paul basketball and and he also got hurt. He got hurt again. So his shoulder like it was looked like it was hanging on by a thread. So very like, weird series. Yeah. Very so D book's gonna have to take it to another level. So I think. And he has. He's impressed he me has. a lot. Yeah. Like him in the bubble last year was crazy. He's, he's not, taking it up to another level he's now. He's not afraid. Yeah. So I think I think got to put LeBron on him. Because you got yeah. to bring that pressure and that, that intensity and be like, hey, like this is your moment. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Because he saw it. I think he'll take him. I don't think he'll take him the whole game. Maybe like fourth. If it's close in the fourth quarter, he'll take him. Mm-hmm. So remember he did that with uh, Jamal Murray last year, James Harden. Yeah. He would take them late in the game. So and I they'd think, be so ineffective as well. I think it'll be the same thing here. Yeah, I could see it. That like that series is going to be super interesting, and another one like we t- I talked about Porzingis being my biggest disappointment, not my biggest like the biggest disappointment in the playoffs. The biggest like surprise, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, he kind of came out. He didn't. He didn't came out. He didn't come out of nowhere. But he didn't come he out of did, nowhere. But though. he averaged like I think seventeen points the regular season. He's putting up. Tw- he was putting up twenty six mm-hmm. in that series. He was the second option for Memphis, and, and playing, he was playing great defense, unreal defense. Like he's going to be a perennial All Defensive Team player. And Ja Morant too, like just Ja came out, yeah. like really. He went back to like rookie of the year form, but yeah. like on steroids. Legit, dude. Like he is just balling. Like he he's so confident in himself, and I love it. Like what he was doing in the plan games was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then game one against Utah it was awesome. But at the end of the day, like they're a young team, they don't have too much depth yet. And Utah top five offensively and defensively, like it's to be expected they're the youngest uh memphis is the youngest team to make the playoffs i think since okc with, with katie harden russ, russ wow not saying they're as good but like the, it's, a, it's a it's a very um it's a good sign yeah that team's got a lot of upside they, and if and if jaron jackson can stay healthy they have good coaching the only thing is that they're in memphis that's the only thing yeah it's not going to be necessarily not, a free no, agent destination nobody's going to sign with them so they're going to have to build through the draft, yeah. which they've done a good job of doing so far, but they're going to have to keep doing that. I do think, though, that I think this it's a tight-knit group, and I don't think that there's going to be guys that are going to go for a payday when they become free agents. Like, Jaw, I see just being... I see Jaw as like a Damian Lillard, like a super loyal guy. And, you know, guys, the team takes a chance at him at number two, even though he was obviously number two. But mm-hmm. the way he played first round March Madness was crazy. But 
Dylan Brooks, like Brandon Clark, obviously he didn't take a step up and, uh, at all. But Desmond Bain, yeah, even he like the, he was the I think he was the highest three point shooter in uh, of all rookies. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. And then like Anderson, he was like I think he had like the most steals so far in the first round. Like Slow-mo. they, yeah, they have a good they have a good group. Balanchunas and I think they'll have it for like, a while. He's solid. I don't yeah, think he'll dude, be there. I don't think he'll be there for a long time. But yeah, but he's playing like the best basketball of his career with yeah. Memphis. Like he, he's loving it there too. I just I really like Memphis a lot. It's one of mm-hmm. my favorite teams to watch. It's sad that they got out, but I mean, what they're, do you a, do they're a great young team. They they have a bright future. Yeah, it'll be tough in the West though because I feel like there's a lot of teams coming up. I think it's only a matter of time before New Orleans. Yeah, is really good because I think they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna have Lonzo by next year. No, I think I think they'll like sign and trade him or something. Yeah, to like New York. That that's, would that's be a, cool. I, that's a player. Yeah. That would work well for New York, I feel like, because Derrick Rose, coming off the bench, I feel like would be. I think he's a free agent too. Oh yeah. Do you think he? A lot of people are talking about him going to Chicago. That'd be cool. That'd be, that'd cool, be cool, but like I don't know, because Kobe, Kobe White seems like. But I mean, that'd he'd, be a nice he'd, mentorship. He'd, like he'd come off the bench most likely. Yeah. But that'd be cool if he went back to Chicago. Yeah. I wanted him to go back to Chicago when he was a free agent when he signed with Detroit. I wonder he signed if, with Detroit. I wonder though if he'll like never do it because just the fact that when they did trade him, he was so emotional about it and he wanted to stay there for his whole career. Maybe that he's just like, no, I don't want to come back. But I feel like it would also be like an amazing I feel moment. Like he's, he's not that type of guy. I yeah, think. I don't think he holds grudges. Well, he does a little bit. Like when if a guy says he's trash, he's gonna go put up thirty and say yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. But I don't think he's like against going back to Chicago. Yeah. I think he'll I think he'll welcome that. Yeah. It'd be just such a great story. Speaking of Chicago though, Chicago's own Lil Dirk and Lil Baby are dropping the voices of the, the Voice he- of the Heroes. The Voice of the Heroes. It'll be uh, out by the time it's out. Yeah, it'll be out tonight at twelve. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really excited for it. Yeah, because the first track is really good. Yeah. And I was expecting like Lil Baby to carry. Because mm-hmm. like Lil Dirk is like I feel like he's hit he's hit or miss to me. Yeah. Like laugh now, cry later. The the feature he had, I thought it was the really best good. part of the song. Yeah, I think I thought he did better than Drake. And then there's some other songs where I'm like, eh. yeah. But he, I think he had a better performance on the first track than Lil Baby. Yeah. So I'm very excited I'm, for it. I'm really excited because like apparently there's some good features. I think you said there's like Travis, Travis, Meek. Travis Scott, Meek Mill, Rod Wave. Yeah. Pretty sure there's another one. I'm it's just good, blanking on it. It's a good set of people, and I think like Dirk is like a good kind of singer, and I just love like hearing him sing, and then Baby just come in mm-hmm. really hard, just like just going. The on. only thing that kind of scares me about it is uh, it's like 18 songs. Oh, so that could be like that's a, lot. a bit much. But yeah, we'll see. It is what it is, I guess. But yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Speaking of collab albums, though, like what's your what's your favorite collab album of all time? Watch the Throne. Yeah, I was thinking Watch about it, and I was like, I could say, like, Run the Jewels 2, maybe What a Time to Be Alive, but it, it's Watch the Throne. Watch the Throne. It's like, it's there, like, there's not a miss, in my opinion. I may be wrong, but, like, I'm pretty sure it was, like, the first, like, big one of my, like, yeah, of the time that I was alive. That like, was the first collab album. And I was obviously too young to listen to it at the time. Yeah. I think. Well, I think it was the first one of, like, that generation. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, Method Man and Red Man did one. I can't remember what it was called, but that was really good, too. And then they did a couple of them back in the day. Yeah, like our time, like that was the first one. Yeah. And obviously we were too young to like listen to it. And like appreciate the, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were like, what, 10? It came out in 20, 9 or 10. 2010, 2011. Yeah. So yeah, around 9 Yeah, 2011. Or 10. We were 2011. 10. So I think it came out before my birthday, so I think I was still nine. But yeah. Yeah, that's definitely my favorite. I think one through like seven, the first seven tracks They're are all like hits. all hits. Yeah. Man, I like. I just want to see a lot more collab albums. Like this, 
seeing because i do like features but I, I would rather the artist kind of like do a j cole thing where most of the album is your own thing and mm-hmm. then you have a couple features but a collab album is where like you really just get to see the I chemistry mean, they have we've seen some we saw uh honcho jack we saw yeah i think yeah future and Lil uzi dropped one earlier yeah. this uh, year without warning well i guess yeah. it wasn't too oh, yeah without warning without warning really, really good. good yeah really really good are, they made a second one right or are they making no. a second one i think there was rumors that they were going to make another one but then they just didn't yeah Maybe they will yeah. soon, but I think the last collab one I can think of was Slime Language, wasn't it, with Thug and Gunna? Um, I think that was just a whole like YSL, like that whole oh okay label. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, but what what's what's a collab? Like, if you could have a collab album come out between two artists, what would you want? Um, personal preference, I'd probably say Travis and Kanye. Yeah, oh my gosh, the production like on not, that would be insane. But like not now, Kanye, I'm talking like, even like 2016, Kanye. Yeah, anything like before the whole Preacher vibe thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that would kind of throw off the album a bit. Mm-hmm. It needs to be just like they're both talking, they're, you know, and just going for it. The production yeah. would be insane. Yeah, production would be crazy. For for me, I'm thinking, like it's it's so mainstream, but I don't care. Like I, I'd want Travis and, and ASAP. Because they've Travis had, and ASAP has never they've never made a song. Yeah, they've never made a song. They had a bit of beef, but it seems like they're cool now. Yeah, um, and they both just have so much energy. They're both so high energy, and they it would just be so hype. Like they'd be so excited it to just make every song. Remember, remember when Travis said "Free ASAP" at a concert, and people were like, "Oh my god, they're yeah, they're making a song." They're making a song. <laughs> they're making a song. <laughs> that it's means like, no, literally nothing. He's just showing love. Yeah, but yeah. That, that would, would be, be that would be crazy. Again, production would be crazy. I think it'd be like a like a dark kind of vibe. Oh to yeah. It. Oh yeah, it would be a dark, mysterious kind of vibe, but they mm-hmm. would both just like, oh man, it would be so good. I think like it would like, be very unique. I'd want to see like uh, like uh, Cole and Kendrick because they were supposed to make one. I'm pretty sure they did. I think it just fell it just, through. Yeah, I think I think Cole said they were, and then it just kind of fell through. Yeah, but really, any of these three, like Drake, Kendrick, and Cole. Oh, you mix any of any them of together, those three, like it would be whether, crazy. whether it's Drake and Kendrick, Drake and Cole, uh, Cole and Kendrick. Yeah can't really go wrong with any of those combinations yeah. i wish it all be fired like we saw it with forever was it like what was drake kanye wayne and eminem eminem i wish they'd do that right now like just cole drake kendrick kanye maybe travis maybe asap whoever you want mm-hmm. but just all of you make a song together and each of you just have a crazy verse and make a dope chorus yeah they always used to they used to do that all the time yeah. like mercy i think we we were talking about it off air as well mercy forever we brought up just like a bunch of artists on a song and they just take turns. Yeah. It's super tough now because everyone's got such busy, like it's, I feel like the schedules are a lot busier nowadays mm-hmm. than they would have been back then. And obviously COVID makes it tough too. But just every, I just want to see everyone get in the studio together because I remember when the London came out and it was Thug, Cole and Travis, like just this excitement of everybody to hear those two together. Mm-hmm. Like just imagine. And everyone. it creates a lot of different combinations. As yeah. Well. Cause everyone's got a different vibe. But mm-hmm. like everyone will be on the same page. And they sense. can all bring their uh, champion. Remember champions? champions uh, it was a kanye song it was kanye uh gucci main oh two yeah, chains yeah. big sean travis of, designer i was thinking of so many people on that song. oh no. <laughs> no but yeah there was like six artists on that quavo yeah. was on it too quavo. six or seven artists on it i yeah. that was like the last song that i can remember That'd having not many artists on it but now all you see is like two or three yeah which is which i kind of like because i want it to be a bit minimalist and yeah. have the song be more quality I and mean, we saw it with a uh, seeing green on the Nicki minaj project yeah pretty sure that was like a redo of another project i don't really the I don't, instrumental sounded really familiar yeah it did um 
but yeah, like Lil Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Drake, they all killed it. All, they all did yeah. their own thing and it, and they killed it. So it obviously works still. Yeah. So I think more artists should do that. Facts. Just like all get on one song and just put it out. Yeah. I think it'd be fans. cool too if like you had like a rapper with an R&B artist. Mm-hmm. Like I heard uh, Black and Lil Baby made like Know Your Rights. That was one of my favorite songs of the year. Just because it's like mm-hmm. a nice melodic singing and then just crazy rap. But I'm, yeah. I'm so excited for this album because to me, Baby, like... I don't necessarily listen to him individually, but his features always kill. Mm-hmm. So I think he's always going to do well with someone else with him. And yeah. I think he was maybe the MVP of 2020. Like the bigger picture was huge. Yeah, his album picture. was great and his yeah. features were awesome. And then comes into this year, he's already got two or three that have popped off. Yeah. I mean, last year wasn't really that big of a music year. Yeah. It was kind of like the smaller names were kind of taking, mm-hmm. like a lot of Polo G, Lil TJ, they were kind of coming up and yeah. there wasn't a lot of big names dropping. Mm-hmm. This year is going to be crazy, though. Yeah. We've said it multiple times. I yeah. think we said it when Lyndon when it was on. Yeah. And like this, this year is going to be crazy. And J. Cole set the bar so high. Like, whether you like the album or not, like, if you're I don't a J. Cole fan, I don't I think understand you're going to love it. If you, I don't understand how you don't like it, yeah. to be like, honest. If you don't think it's on par with 2014, then that's understandable. Uh, yeah, or sure. his earlier work, yeah, which I sure. get as well. But if you're just a natural J. Cole fan... I don't get how you don't. I've just, just seen like a lot of people call it. it like mid. I don't. I don't really get it. I'm also a huge J Cole fan, yeah. so like maybe that's it. But I think too, like it wasn't like 2014 was like they were songs with like a set chorus, like everything had a huge message, and his songs did have a message. But I think it was kind of a bit all over the place. Not not a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of just like you know he's he's talking his whatever like you know he's he's just going for it, and yeah. I like that. Like be angry, be fully yourself, mm-hmm. and that's what he kind of went for. So. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very, very enjoyable. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, like you said, he set the bar. Yeah. He set the bar. I think if you're a big artist and you flop. Yeah, it's going to look real bad because you've had so much. Because all the big artists, too, have, have taken breaks. Every single one of them has taken like three years. Yeah, three Drake, or four Travis, years. Travis, um, ASAP. ASAP. They've all taken like three years. Frank Ocean, people like that, like they've taken a while. So they've been mm-hmm. sitting on music for a while. They've been able to dwindle down the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So if if you come with a miss, it's it could be detrimental. Yeah, everybody got to step up the game yeah. this year. But I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Comment down below a collab album that you want to see, and we'll see y'all next week. Take it easy. Stay well. Peace.